This video is kindly sponsored by Project Red. Check the link in the description to find out more. Hello everyone, welcome to this week's Meet a Maker. Today we are meeting Fernando, otherwise known as DSK001. Is that correct? Yes. <laughs> cool, beautiful. Hello Fernando, how you doing? <laughs> Hi Billy. Good. <laughs> Good, good. Thank you so much for coming on. This is really exciting. You have some awesome Thank models. you for having me. Um, I was not expecting this. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, it's lovely. Um, and you do some awesome stuff. So I, I'm sure people will be very keen to hear all about it. So um, shall we dive in? What What are some of your, your most well-known projects? Like when people recognize you, what's it, what's it for? <laughs> so I believe I'm known for uh, some of the 3D models I make that I post up online for others to be able to 3D print. Uh, some of the other more known ones would be the big Borderlands shotgun that's uh, big and red. Uh, there's also a few Batmobiles I've done. And my most infamous one, sorry Shane, would be the mix-up of Star Wars and Star Trek with the uh, mix-up of the two ships. <laughs> Never! <laughs> you know which one it is. Star Wars, no, Star Trek Wars or the Star Wars Trek. Wasn't that a Futurama joke? And they like crossed them over. Yeah. <laughs> causes an argument. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. So have you, do, how do people react to that one? Do they, um, <laughs> they do you get hate They hated it or they loved it. <laughs> some said that it was the best thing they've ever seen. Some told me they wanted to shoot me into space. <laughs> I can imagine that. I feel like both those fandoms are like very strong opinions. <laughs> very much so. Oh, that's awesome. That's awesome though. Um, so what, what got you into making? Like what kinds of crafts have you, on art forms have you done over your lifespan? Um, is it just 3D printing or have, did you start elsewhere or yeah. Tell me about your creative journey. <laughs> so I think this would have started back when I was a teenager maybe even sooner when i was watching my dad and his cousin making stuff out of plywood you know back then we didn't have as much as we did now and instead of being able to go to ikea or sears or buy something they would go to home depot buy some blank plywood cut it up with a handsaw and then use some nails and glue it all up together and so some of the furniture we had at our homes were made by them that's so cool did they did they have a like formal training in that or did they just kind of do it themselves no i don't think they had any training at all they just did it themselves and you can sell in the craftsmanship at the end of the day <laughs> it still worked but it, it wasn't the prettiest <laughs> hey if it works it works <laughs> and exactly. and did you help them out with that is that how you got into it so Obviously, when they first started, I was still too young to be able to do anything. But um, as they got older, he's like, oh, put a knee here to, to hold down the plywood so it doesn't fall off or grab this piece or pass me this hammer. And then later on, I actually saw him open up a VCR and start doing soldering. So then I got interested in electronics and stuff like that. So, yeah, I think I could blame them too for it. That's so cool. That's so cool. I remember my mom also building stuff around me when I was a kid and she still tells this story where she was getting me to hold a nail while she was hammering it and she bashed my finger and like I don't remember this at all but she still feels terrible about it like to this day if she remembers it she will start like almost welling up because she bashed my finger. Oh. <laughs> She's like and you were so little and you were trying and <laughs> 
oh, yeah. God. So <laughs> I hope you had no incidents like that. <laughs> well, I think I'm in your boat. I probably don't remember them. I'm sure there were. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, at least I don't feel as bad as my mom does, I suppose. Oh, that, uh, I feel sorry for that. <laughs> so when you, when you got into electronics and stuff, is that how you ended up in 3D printing through electronics or did you just come across printing? Like So pens? through electronics, um, when I was younger, I was thinking, oh, well, you know, I want to do electrical engineering and try to study that. Uh, and then in high school, uh, there was an engineering course which had nothing to do with electronics. Um, it was just CAD. But that was the first time I got into it and we were using AutoCAD, 2D CAD. But using, you know, perspective and whatnot, you had to mimic 3D shapes and I was really into that. But after that, I had no access to it until back when I was in college. And then I got my hands on SolidWorks for the first time. Right, cool. So what were you, what were you doing in college at the time? Uh, I was studying computer science because I had changed from electrical engineering because once it got to those analog circuits, I'm like, mm -mm, no, it's not for me. <laughs> I have like glanced in at electronics and then been like, I don't understand anything and then like crept back into the bushes. <laughs> it's like I'm a whole okay other with world. digital stuff, but once you get into analog, there's some intense math in there. Oh gosh, no. Oh, calculus kills me. <laughs> <laughs> this kills the belly. <laughs> well, that's cool though. Um, yeah, so, okay. Interesting, interesting, interesting. And, and um, that eventually led you into 3D printing? So yeah, while looking into SolidWorks and learning how to 3D model, I'm like, oh, I would love to be able to make some of the stuff that, you know, I'm modeling. And then a few years later, the first one I think was... Uh, one of those first rep wraps made out of like those thin sheets of plywood. I'm like, I want one. But of course, I was never going to have one on a college budget. It was, I think the first ones came out with like 2000, wasn't it? Yeah, it was but, a while um, ago. I remember that. Yeah. Yeah, I wasn't able to get a 3D printer until the M3D Micro came out and I was able to purchase that one. And that's where it started. And how long ago was that? I think that was four or five years ago now yeah cool 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 yeah you got into it earlier than me then that's awesome and a little yeah. bit <laughs> that's so cool but though i wasn't and... part of the community i didn't even know that there, there was this whole you know group of people really into it and sharing ideas and models and stuff like that until probably two years ago wow so you were doing it solo all that time that's interesting was that mm -hmm. hard <laughs> um sort of like i knew a thingiverse and i got a model from there and i would print some but i didn't know i wasn't on social media back then i didn't have twitter i didn't use facebook much i didn't well reddit i think didn't exist or was just starting so yeah it just wasn't known to me there you go wow wow i don't think i would have made it in printing on my own because <laughs> <laughs> I failed so much at the beginning, and if I didn't have people who, like, wrapped their arms around me and showed me what's what, then I think I would have never, oh. I don't think I ever would have got into it. <laughs> <laughs> 
No, so yeah, it was sort of on my own. You know, I went into the M3D micro forums and people were posting. They're like, oh, try this, do that. And I didn't really post much. I mostly lurked. And from others' errors, I was able to learn. It's like, oh, well, you know, this is getting heat creep because it keeps failing at this point and this and that. And so, you know, slowly learned a lot. Gotcha. The hard way. Gotcha, gotcha. <laughs> yeah, well, that that makes sense then. Yeah, I I do like learning from others, pe other people's mistakes. Then <laughs> I don't have to make them. But I definitely made a lot of mistakes. <laughs> They're cheaper that way. <laughs> they are cheaper, yeah. Yeah, oh, that's so cool. So you got into the CAD first. That's awesome. Were you, mm -hmm. um, were you designing different things before you got into printing? With the CAD? So before I got into printing, I would try to design a few things here or there, like keep practicing because I really wanted to do stuff, but without a way of making it and without having many ideas, I didn't do much. Uh, it was a few things here or there. Um, I know I once designed what my dad's house now is in the Dominican Republic. That's cool. So I had that in CAD somewhere. It wasn't super detailed, but it had all the walls and the doors and the windows and stuff. It was basically a floor plan. That's so cool. That's really cool. There's something so magical about holding an object in your hands that you like thought up and like made on the computer. Mm -hmm. And it's just so magic having it in the real, isn't it? I totally understand now, why you yeah been able to print it because since then I've lost the file so I would have to redo it again Aww. but I'd probably be able to add a lot more details and maybe one day I can give that to my dad as a gift here's a little house of your house <laughs> that would be cool I think that would be an awesome gift I've been thinking about that for people I reckon yeah like a little mini house would just be so cool <laughs> definitely yep. hell yeah hell yeah so um you mentioned CAD are there any other <laughs> skills or techniques that you've picked up along your making journey so i've dabbled in quite a few things i know i've taken some uh digital art courses so i've done a bit of photoshop i've done a bit of uh, dreamweaver a little bit of uh inkscape uh some html in the past c java but of course like most things if you don't use it you lose it so most of it is not really fresh in my mind, but I've dabbled in a lot of little things. That sounds very, um, yeah, like most makers seem to have dabbled in a lot of stuff. <laughs> I know yeah. I, I definitely have. And it seems like everyone we interview has done a million things as well. So Jack of all trades, master of none. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, that's cool. Yeah, I, I love Photoshop. I learned that when I was... Oh gosh, actually a child. I don't know that I could learn it as an adult because um, it's like so complicated. But I definitely liked it as a kid and I still use it a lot. Oh God, weekly probably. Yeah, I've it's noticed awesome. as a kid, people tend to be less afraid to push buttons and mess up. Mm, yeah, <laughs> so definitely. So Photoshop doesn't seem as intimidating because it's just like, oh, well, what does this one do? What does that one do? What does that one yep. do? And they just go through the whole thing until eventually they have a good idea of what to do. And they have the time to do that too. And they're like, yeah. I reckon as an adult, we like, we have a goal in mind and every 
moment that we're not achieving that goal, we just get more and more frustrated, or at least I do. I found Fusion 360 really hard to learn, like, and I've got there now and I really enjoy it now, but it was a big, like, hurdle for me. And it was just like, I just want the okay. thing. <laughs> so, yeah, I don't know. Maybe I'm, maybe I'm alone in that, but <laughs> I get really frustrated when. No, I, I, I think I understand what you mean. Yeah, because usually you want to learn a program because you have a goal in mind and then your whole point of learning it is to get to the goal. So if you can't get to the goal, makes it frustrating. Mm, mm. Oh, what what CAD software do you use? Are you still in the AutoCAD realm? So I currently use Fusion 360. Okay, cool. Same thing. Cool, cool. Beautiful. And yeah, trying to branch out into others. I know I need to watch your Scope GL video to see if I broaden my horizons a little bit. That would be cool. You make cool stuff. So that would be cool. I really like what I really like with Sculpt GL because it's much more like working with clay. It's not CAD at all, mm -hmm. really. It's not like parametric and stuff. But I really enjoy um, making something in Fusion and then taking it into Sculpt GL and doing pretty things on the on the object. So you could like make a box or whatever. Exactly what I need to know. Yeah. 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 So it's really good. You just export it as an STL, bring it in, retopologize it so that it. Um, has a good mesh to start with. Otherwise the STL is like weird jagged triangles everywhere. But then mm. once you've got that, you can just like sculpt into it and make pretty stuff on it. So <laughs> I quite like that as a technique. It's like a good bridging, I think, <laughs> between the, the fusion and the sculpt. <laughs> Maybe that's one video you should do. Maybe I should. Okay, I'll write that down. Yes, I'm making a note. <laughs> Um, so when you, like, you've made a lot of really cool stuff. Um, a lot of them are sort of inspired. Yeah. <laughs> See, it, it seems like a lot of them are inspired by pop culture and stuff. Is that where you normally get your inspiration or do you get it from other places as well? Uh, no, yeah, I think you're right. It would be a lot of pop culture things. Now I think about it, video games, sci-fi movies, things like that. Um, I would love to do more functional things. It's just, I don't know what to do. <laughs> um, well, your pen boxes are awesome. Like, yeah, your, you. your fountain I, pen I boxes are those. beautiful. They're gorgeous. I, People went nuts for those. <laughs> yeah, they did. And I opened up the Etsy shop, and the first month I was bombarded. I couldn't even keep up. That's And awesome. then all of a sudden, everything just died off. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone bought it all at once. <laughs> but <Basically>. hey. <laughs> It's kind of how the internet works though, isn't it? It's like yep. everything's hot for five minutes. <laughs> but still, so it was really hot for that time. You were all over. Yeah. yeah, they're <laughs> awesome. They're really beautiful. I just love the way they yeah display them. And yeah, it's beautiful design. <laughs> well done. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, I, I keep a few here next to my desk at all times, just in case. <laughs> Show one. Put it up on the camera. Oh. <laughs> yeah, let me get this uh, double one up. So here's one, and then you could open it from the front. And uh, there you Beautiful. I love the way they oh. lift up. So that was a special model. Um, that one I don't put up for sale because you notice how it's just all one piece. Usually there's a split between them. Oh, that's a special, special one. <laughs> mm -hmm. Just for beautiful. me. <laughs> Good. You should keep something beautiful for yourself. <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah, they're lovely. They're lovely. So when you when you start a project, what is that? What's that first spark like? And and what what's your creative process like? I suppose. 
Mm, I guess it depends on if I'm trying to do something functional or if I'm doing something like a prop or, or a, a, like a display or like a little vehicle or something. Um, obviously, for the functional, you know, you have something that you need to fix, and usually you just have to recreate whatever it is. So you would start off by taking as many measurements as you could, and then you know, trying to put that into CAD and get something to work. So you would hopefully end up with something that'll work and fix the item that's, that's broken. That's cool. That is oh. one of my favorite things. I was able to fix about four or five of those pairs and give them out. And in total, I think I spent 50 bucks buying broken headphones. That's awesome. Ended up with what would be equivalent to maybe $300 at headphones. Wow, that's so cool though. And like from a sort of from a ecological recycling standpoint, really, really cool as well. Like to be able to give something like that new life again and not have it go to landfill. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah, those usually are my favorite kind of things. Something that I can make to fix something else and give it new life or have it continue working on. But of course, with those kind of things, the opportunity has to show up. Something has to break. Yeah, true. <laughs> so they, so they're, not, uh, they're not as common. Mm-hmm. That's cool. And what about your more, um, yeah, like the more, like the less functional ones, I suppose. <laughs> yeah. So for those, uh, the process would be to think up of something. Sometimes I'll just be on Discord and somebody be like, oh, you know, it'd be nice to have this made or that made. Or I'll watch something on TV or be like, I want that. <laughs> uh, and then from there, the first piece that you would have to do is get a whole bunch of reference images. Gotcha. Just start scouring yeah. the net, getting images, trying to get the left, the right, the top, as many angles as you can so that you can try to recreate it visually in whatever software you're doing. Yep, that makes a lot of sense. So you like being quite accurate then when you're making something like a prop or... Yeah. I have been called a perfectionist at times. <laughs> <laughs> I have tried to break it more recently because if not there are models, I never would have finished. <laughs> yeah, sometimes it gets a bit much. <laughs> But, you know, it's really, really cool to have something really accurate as well. Like, yeah, I, th I know, especially with cosplay and stuff, that's really important to a lot of people. So, um, yeah, and anything, anything pop culture-y has to be accurate or, yeah. Yeah. Otherwise, people, yeah. They'll freak out and be like, no, that's wrong. No, that, that, this, <laughs> this should have been, you know, an inch over. <laughs> yeah, like they will. People are like that. It's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> but it's kind of cool. Like, it's very to. satisfying. But at that <laughs> point, I'm like, I'm done. <laughs> you take it or you leave it. Make your own. <laughs> but there's, yeah, there's quite a few people like that online, I think. With my posters, like my CAD posters and stuff. I remember when mm -hmm. I did one on what software you should use. And everyone on Reddit had an opinion about that one. And basically, most of the opinion was more Blender. Just more Blender. Blender in all the categories. More Blender. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like... But it doesn't even really make manifold objects all that well. Um, and I wouldn't recommend it just as a total newbie. And especially before 2.8 came out or whatever, like the newer version, it was the older version of Blender, which was like really from a user interface, crazy. Um, and yeah, everyone had an opinion on it. And I was like, go make your own. <laughs> like, I made this one. You're welcome to make your own. <laughs> And then no one did. So, yeah. Yeah, no, because it's like a lot of work that you have to put in there and make it all nice and pretty. Yeah. Yeah. Same with models, too. So, yeah. 
They can complain all they want. (laughs) (laughs) There were reasons I picked those ones. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, cool. So do you, do you ever find any struggles as you're going through your creative process? Like, is there anything, yeah, that you find frustrating or difficult or have in the past found frustrating or difficult? So I don't know if this happens to other 3D modelers, but I know usually, at least when I'm trying to make something that's visually appealing or like a chip or whatever, I'll do all the visual parts first without worrying about making it printable. Just Mm. make sure everything looks right. Once I get to that point where visually it's done and I have to try to make it printable, that gets a little harder because then you're sitting there and you do two, three hours of work and it looks exactly the same. (laughs) So it feels like you've done nothing at all. I can understand that, yeah. Yeah, I suppose I don't do too many visual models, but like I don't replicate that many things. But if I did, I can fully understand. Yeah, it would be a balance between making it accurate and making it printable for sure. And that would be so frustrating. (laughs) Working working from the visuals back, oh my God, I can only imagine. (laughs) Yeah, because doing the whole visuals, the, the it's usually quick or fun or it's like you see the progress once the visuals are done and you just have to try to cut up the model and add pegs here and do a slice there it's like boring stuff it's just trying to make it work yeah yeah for sure yeah i never really thought about it before but that would be that would be i would drag that out I guess that's why I avoid support <laughs> materials so much. I just, I just like, yeah, and I don't really make duplicate things. So I always just design away the supports and design away the, the need to split it into pieces. Cause I just, I, I, I do, I hate doing that bit. I've always avoided that. I'm just realizing it now. <laughs> I can't imagine what yeah. something as complicated as the models you do. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, you, you push through it. Uh, but there have been some models I've, uh, taking a significant is longer than probably they should have because of that because like sometimes you work on it you'll do a bit and then it's like no i just don't want to go back to it and i'll sit there for a month or two yeah i can understand that (laughs) for sure but you eventually get back to it because once it actually is finished and you have it in your hand it feels so much better what brings you back like what keeps you going when it is frustrating like that That's a good question. <laughs> I'm not 100% sure. I guess just that it's in the back of my mind that it needs to be done. So I'll eventually get to it, but um, I'm not sure. I don't know if I have a, a, a drive besides it needs to get finished. Hmm, there you go. That's interesting. Sorry, that was probably a really weird question, but it's no, interesting. That's why it, it, it's an interesting back. question, and I'm sure there's people like, oh, no, you know, I, they have their reasons, but I can't think of one. The only one that I can think of is that I need to finish it at some point. So, hmm. That's cool, though. I, I often abandon things, so I sort of wish I had that little nagging voice that told me to finish things. <laughs> like i would get more done that way <laughs> i, I won't lie there it. have been some abandoned projects there was one <laughs> i was thinking of doing where uh, you would toss a coin to something and it would sing the song and it just never finished oh like for the witcher was it yeah for- yeah yeah i was re-watching that 
last week actually yeah <laughs> so very fresh in my memory I, I might go back to it whenever the next season comes but yeah <laughs> that is pretty cool i reckon people would go nuts for that that would be amazing <laughs> very very cool that's a neat idea actually i have a friend who is working on some of the 3d scanning for that film uh, for the for the series rather season two i think um i'm not sure whether you accepted that job hmm. but he was talking about it so that'd be cool <laughs> Unfortunately, he can't share well, his scans. That would be awesome. Yeah, unfortunately, he can't share his scans after. But he worked like on all the Harry Potter films and uh, Judge Dredd and like a whole bunch of other stuff. But then he can't share all his cool scans, and I'm like, oh, oh <laughs> I get it, but oh, for those, <laughs> right? Like, I feel like they like yeah, <laughs> I feel the same way. But he like like he has like Luna's wand and stuff, and he prints them for his daughter for her birthday. <laughs> stuff it's so oh, cute man. I'm like, oh so cute so she gets like the real one kind of you know yeah. print of the real one it, yeah so. it's as accurate as you're ever gonna get literally the most accurate but can't use it for anything so it's pretty cool though <laughs> mm. that is awesome. so have you you mentioned your etsy store is that the yes. only way you make money from from the things you make or do you do it in other ways as well uh, so I have the Etsy store and I do have a Patreon. So every month I do get some contributions, but at the moment I think it's just those. Cool, 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 cool. Lovely. I'll pop your Patreon in the link description and your Etsy store. We'll put them in the description. <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate that. <laughs> um, so do you have any advice for other makers when they're making their projects? Like, um, I don't know, anything that you've picked up along the way that just makes life a bit easier or, yeah. Mm. I'm asking tough ones. <laughs> uh, I don't know if it would be tough, but it's stuff that you don't normally have at the tip of your tongue. Yeah, you sort of sorry. Have to sit and think about <laughs> it for a little bit. No, that's fine. You know, thinking's not a bad thing. Um... One I can think of is don't try to do too much at once. Um, like you were saying, when you try to learn a new software and you have a goal in mind, don't make that goal too big, because if not, you're going to get frustrated and then you're not going to finish it. Try to take small steps or, if possible, make your first goal to maybe learn a bit of the software and then go back to your other goal so that that way you're not constricted to just learning the part of the software you want to learn to get your stuff done. This is terribly sensible, Fernando. <laughs> I feel like <laughs> if I did these things, I would be happier. <laughs> yes. I understand. Nice. Yeah, it's, it tends to be easier to say the good advice than usually to do it yourself. <laughs> <laughs> I believe you do it, though. You know, that kind of person. <laughs> Sometimes. <laughs> um, this is kind of a weird question. But it could, it's another big one. I'm just asking big questions all over. I'm sorry. But I was thinking that this might be a cool question to introduce into the pool. If you had unlimited resources, like it just didn't matter, money or time or whatever, what would you make? And it could be anything. It doesn't have to be an object. You could set up an institution. No, you could do I, I have an answer pretty quickly in my mind because it's something good. I've wanted to do for many, many years. And I guess I technically could, but mm, a full Iron Man suit. That would be awesome. 
That would be amazing. Yeah. Yes. I've seen one and of those I in real life and it was awesome. <laughs> I've seen one or two at Halloween because living in New York City, when you go to the, the big parade, you see some crazy costumes. I've gotten to see one or two and it's... Mm. <laughs> yes, I can see it on your face. That would be amazing. You should start that project. That would be so cool. <laughs> that would be amazing. <laughs> It's a tremendous amount of work, and I don't tremendous know if I have anywhere to put it, which is the issue. That's a yes. Well, you could just wear it all the time, and then you wouldn't need anywhere to put it. Problem solved. Problem solved. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, um, as you can see, living in New York City, space is limited. I am right now under a loft bed because I don't have anywhere else to put my computer. Which is probably a question that some of you are going to be like, what is all these slats under these over his head? <laughs> it's my daughter's loft bed. Love it. Good old Ikea, hey? <laughs> or is it Ikea? <laughs> I don't know. All the loft beds here from Ikea. Not from Ikea. Okay. <laughs> Maybe it's a fancier loft bed. <laughs> What's it like living in New York? Because that's like, yeah, cities here are nothing like that. And... I don't know, that's kind of a very broad question. But do you enjoy it? Like, is it, I don't know. So I've been born and raised in New York City. So I ah. don't really know. I can't completely compare it to like living somewhere else, but I have stayed at, you know, families in the suburbs of Long Island. And it is noisier, it is busier, but there's also so much convenience when you're living in a city like New York. It's like, doesn't matter what hour of the day it is, what day of the week, or if it's a holiday, you need your want to go out and do something, just do it. Yeah, that'd be cool. And I, there seems to be such a diverse array of shops there, like especially maker shops. Like you, there's like whole shops that are just about lace for, you know, like sewing for lace, like, and like just niche things that just don't exist anywhere else on the planet, which just, and they're able to sustain themselves in New York, which just sounds so cool to me. Like I, I yeah, the, the convenience thing, I get it. Cause that sounds amazing. Yeah, <laughs> I know there's, there's a few blocks that are dedicated just to basically sewing and stuff like that, getting cloth and lace and buttons and... That sounds amazing. Dreamy. <laughs> but I'm sure it's like that with any field. I, I just happen to know sewing really well, but I'm sure it's like that with anything. Like, just, yeah. Um, maybe. But surprisingly enough, I haven't really found a section that has a whole bunch of 3D printing stuff. Oh, it's not it's a niche as... that needs filling. <laughs> Maybe, but um, I know once I saw a 3D printing store near my home, and by the time I actually wanted to go and use the store, it was gone. Oh no! <laughs> we had one like that in the city here too. It was like a print-on-demand kind of walk-in service, but yeah, it mm -hmm. lasted a couple of months, unfortunately. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> I guess it's printers are so cheap now. You may as well just buy one. <laughs> this Maybe is true, that's... yeah, compared to the prices that they would need to charge to sustain it, it is a bit hard to do now. Mm -hmm. mm, interesting. Oh, back on another weird question. <laughs> Are there any projects that you've done that you think deserves a bit more recognition than they got? Like you put, you really loved it and you thought it was going to be really cool and then no one really paid it any attention, but you thought it was really cool. 
just want to give things like that a second um, chance. <laughs> not 100% sure. The one I think I would have enjoyed more people to at least know of would be maybe the the rifle I made for Shay. Uh, the Earth rifle for that. Uh, because yes. it, it was based on the rifle he has on the sticker for Alien 3D. Yeah. So I tried to model that for him. And I showed it off on Earth, but I don't know. I don't think too many people really paid too much attention to it. There was so much happening at Earth. It was probably just like, yeah, there's just sad. so much going on. <laughs> I feel like I'm still recovering from all the things that were happening. And I'm still finding out stuff that happened to Earth. And I was like, oh, really? <laughs> Yeah, so yeah, a lot of things probably got overshadowed by bigger projects, biggest things, chocolate printers, um. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my gosh, (laughs) it's amazing. Um, yeah, yeah, well, we'll, we'll, I'll grab a link to that and we'll pop it in the description so people can check it out, because I do remember seeing that and it was really cool, so yes, more people should take a squiz. (laughs) And, oh gosh. We like sped through these questions, dang. Um, but what what's coming up for you? What's next in your world? What are you focusing on in the coming weeks and months? And yeah. Um. So I know in the future I'm planning to try to do more weapons and props. I know I started doing those a lot when I first started doing the modeling and social media, but then I've sort of backed off of it, and I want to try to get back into those. So I know I want to do one from Cyberpunk. And yes. a few other things hopefully come up. Um, but in the immediate future, I do have a Christmas uh, little display type thing that I'm going to release probably tomorrow or something like that that lights up. Oh, that's so cute. Like a nativity kind of one or like a what sort of Christmas? Can you, Actually, oh, wait, can you talk yet? Yes. Oh, yes. Yeah, a- How exciting. Getting a preview. Oh my god. <laughs> I hear rattling. Here we go. So this one actually came a bit about because I remember seeing one for Halloween. And then, thankfully, I got all the parts I needed through the alien boxes, the alien awesome. 3D. Yeah. So I made this one. Come oh, on, camera. Focus. <laughs> all right. <laughs> all right. So let's see. If got the fancy flag going Take on. that off. There we go. <gasps> it's and beautiful. Switch. I love the way you did the perspective of like the window, how it looks like it's going back and stuff. Oh, it's beautiful. Yeah, so well it's done. Several different layers stacked up with about five millimeters in between. And so it causes that effect. Oh, I love it. Beautiful. Oh, I'll have to grab a link to that too, because that's gorgeous. Gorgeous, gorgeous. Well done. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> And the, the, the props and things, are they, uh, so Cyberpunk, that'll be awesome. I'm so excited about that game. <laughs> I think, yes, I am too. Yeah, like I think this is the year where Cyberpunk will become mainstream. We've had like little bits of it happening over the last few years. And I think that game 
and like the whole situation of the world <laughs> it's, it's like <laughs> this is gonna be the cyberpunk year it's gonna happen like <laughs> everyone's gonna yeah, go nuts for I, cyberpunk I <laughs> i'm calling Step it aside, i'm calling it now punk. yeah no more steampunk be gone <laughs> cyberpunk is where it's at when we'll all have cyber decks and it will be amazing <laughs> <laughs> I think we'll see it though. I think like the technologies and stuff to like make cool light up stuff and interesting wearable stuff is like much more accessible now than it's ever been before. So I think I, I expect this year will be the cyber deck maker year. <laughs> it very much could be. <laughs> oh, well, that's awesome. And are there, so cyber deck you mentioned, are there any other series or genres or things that you're making props for that you know? Not at the moment. Right okay, now, that's cool. the one that I have in my mind. After that, well, a very good goal. <laughs> maybe a unique a thud lightsaber. Ah, awesome! Always good. Always good. <laughs> hell yeah! Hell yeah! Cool. So, was there anything else you wanted to chat about while we're here? Hmm. Can't think of anything off the top of my head. All good, all good. Um, then where can people find you? So on both Twitter and Instagram, I have the same username. It's dsk001 underscore 3d. Um, and on Reddit, it's just dsk001. Perfect, lovely. And we'll get your Etsy and your Patreon down there as well. <laughs> Thank you. Are there any communities that you normally hang out in? Like Twitter, obviously, um, to make a community there. But are there any others you really enjoy and want to? So, the one I'm in most would be Wexter's Discord. I know it's not exactly free to get into, but I've spent a lot of time chatting with the guys in there. I've heard of that from a few people. Like, this seems like a magical place. Like, <laughs> I've heard this from a few people now that Wexter's Discord is awesome. So, <laughs> I have to get Wexter on here. <laughs> I know I uh, I also lurk on yours quite often. Don't know Dude. if it's common, but I'm, I tend to try to read as much as I can. Oh, <laughs> that's lovely. But I do, yeah, I do see you comment a bit. I know you're there. <laughs> yep. That's awesome. Oh, cool. Yeah, I thought I might throw this question in because I was thinking lately with this with this series, it's really cool to meet so many awesome makers. But someone was saying it'd be cool if we had something similar for communities as well. So I, I want to start asking people what communities they hang out in and and what they find good in those communities and all that sort of stuff, too. And I was even thinking maybe somehow doing some sort of Zoom calls with communities and like getting a few people on who are really active there and I don't know. I'm playing with this idea because I feel like there's lots of cool communities out there, but unless you know of them, you don't know of them, you know? And yeah, it'd be cool to kind of highlight some of them, I think. I don't know. Does that sound good? <laughs> yeah, that would be awesome. I'm, I'm okay. guessing there's probably a few robotics communities or maker communities. Yeah, it should be quite, quite interesting. Okay, cool. Cool. All right. Well, that's at least one person who thinks it's not a terrible idea. <laughs> Oh, well, this has been lovely. Thank you so much for chatting with us and, and yeah, um, letting us get to know you a bit more and, and your work. And I really appreciate this time and, and sharing all your wisdoms. <laughs> no, thanks for having me. It was quite fun. Oh, good. Thank you. Thank you. Well, I will see you on the internet. <laughs> that you will. <laughs>
I am loving making this series, and if you are too, please support me on Patreon so I can keep making more. Top supporters will appear in this list of legends, and the topmost supporter gets a special shout out, so thank you Loyal Moses, you are absolutely wonderful, I know you don't only support me, but so many others in the community, and you're awesome for it, thank you. You can meet another maker here, and here's a video YouTube thinks you'll like. If you want to catch up with any of us, all our socials are in the description below. See you later!